0: Welcome to the PM Growth Expert Show, where we not only give you strategies, hints, and tips on how to grow your rent roll, but we also interview leading experts from around the planet. Now, for 40 ways you can grow your rent roll without having to worry about relying on sales or expensive search engine optimization, just go to PMLeadSecrets.com. That's PMLeadSecrets.com for our free book, All You've Got to Do is Paper Shipping, Take care. Hi, everyone. Darren Hunter here. You know, in today's age, you can't just have boring photos on your property marketing listings. You've got to have a virtual walkthrough tour. That way, tenants can quickly qualify themselves and look through the property, even at two in the morning online. But I can hear you say, look, Darren, it's too expensive with cameras and takes too long. That's why you've got to go to virtualtourscreator.com.au and check out how you can do walkthrough virtual tours using your mobile phone. Go and check it out. Also, talk to Tom there at virtualtourscreator.com.au on how you can quickly turn your tours into really cheap floor plans as well. Take care. (laughs) Hi, it's Dennis here from Inspired Grove Training and we are here for the Grow
1: 100 Expert Challenge and we have got Mel and Pat here all the way from New Zealand, which is just like another state of Australia. Come on, let's be honest. No, 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 no. Come on. Don't even say. It's that that brother-sisterly love. Come on, the Anzacs, we've got the sport, we've got everything. You know, You guys are just there with us as well, you know? Yeah. It's it's an amazing country. It's actually my favorite country outside of Australia. So I love traveling over there. Um, it was my very first international travel for work as well. Would you believe New Zealand? There you go. Yeah. So it's got a little bit of a touch for home for me. But um, thank you for coming on board. You guys are certain um, experts um, in the real estate sector. Got some really good experience between both of you. And Mel, wow, you you've got some great experience as well. Before we hook into this, right, before we hook in, I need to say, I need to know, are you guys coffee or tea drinkers?
2: 100% coffee. That's not a question.
1: You're, You're okay with that too, Pat? Yeah, I've got my right here. Ah, nice. We've got, got our coffees for this. Yeah, yeah, I've got mine here as well. That's good. I also that have nice? <laughs> coffee. is important. That's right. Now, you do have a good coffee machine in your office as well.
2: We do. So, I recently moved into a new office, and that was the prerequisite that had to happen. So, we've got our yeah. own little coffee machine and coffee on tap.
1: No, no, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I'll be the judge of that when I come over <laughs> to New Zealand, but um, that's okay. <laughs> But you are part of like a um, a shopping centre as well. So, I mean, if, if I walk away and I disappear, you know that I've gone looking for good coffee somewhere, okay?
3: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Like, what did you do before real estate? Now, like, I'll, I'll start with you, ladies, before gentlemen. Yeah. What did you do before you fell into real estate?
2: So real estate is all I know. I started in real estate at 16. I was straight out of school. Um, I completed my sixth form year. I didn't go on to do a months form, didn't feel a need for it. Wanted to go study, but I needed money to be able to go study. So I picked up a job at Harcourts um, at 16 years old as their administrator. And then six months later, I was assistant property manager and so on and so forth. The wheels just kept turning. Well, that,
1: that's a rare breed to actually have somebody like just go straight from school. And 16.
2: Yeah, I did try to get away. I tried to go do my studies when I was 21. So I went to go start a fine arts degree. Did it for one year. I just came running back. I realised it was an industry that I actually loved. Yeah. So I thought, why I try and chase something else? It can be a hobby or a side business or whatever. Um, and yeah, I came running back.
1: Yeah, look, it's interesting. I would like to say that 95% of the people that we speak to, that where you're at a conference or whatever, they fell into real estate. And I even opened up, how did you fall into real estate? Because
2: it's it's very, very common. Yeah. Um, now... So you think in school, I'm going to become a real estate agent or I'm going to become a property manager. Yeah. yeah, that Often there's something you fall into.
1: I mean, personally, as a male, when I was 15, 16, I was too young to make a decision what I was going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know? I was independent. I was <laughs> off my bar off my of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it's good to know that, look, that we've had quite a few people on our podcasts, on, on the various different channels that we've got um, that um, did jump straight into it and it speaks volumes that you know they are experts and you know we are coming across them a lot more commonly than um, the normal you know percentage should we say what about yourself Pat what did you do before real estate?
3: So I am an electrical engineer by qualification so I actually went to uni and finished my engineering degree and then I worked as an engineer for about five years kind of hated every minute of it the corporate world and traveling I was in consulting engineering so I had lots and lots of travel and um, not travel locally, it was all international. Okay. And I didn't quite like it at all. I didn't like the whole thing, so I wanted to get into something else and I got into real estate.
1: Wow. I mean, electrical engineer to real estate. I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find the, the <laughs> segue there. <laughs>
3: like,
1: yeah. it, it's just like I'm hitting a brick wall. It was a, now, So the electrical engineer, were you doing lighting and stuff?
3: Like, what was that? Yeah. I was doing lighting, building services, Um facilities management, but just from an electrical point of view. Ah, okay. Yeah, so. right. yeah, I was in the property and buildings division and, 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 and a few companies.
1: Okay, so for Mel, you know, normally my next question is why. Like, you've already answered why, you know, you, you got into real estate or, or can you tell us, can you remember that 16? Was it just a job at reception and then it moved? Oh, like, I
2: applied for like 50 jobs. So whoever gave me a job, I was like, great happened to be that the Harcourt's office was even walking distance from my home. Nice. So I, like, I can walk to work. It's nine to five. They seem like nice people. Let's go. <laughs> and they hired <laughs> me based on personality. I mean, I had no skills. It was purely based yeah. on what came out of my mouth at the time. And they're like, yep, let's do this.
1: She can talk. Give her a job.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so what about yourself, Pat? Like why was it real estate then? Because like I said earlier, there's that segue. Where, where does that come together?
3: That's actually a good question. So I started investing in property even when I was working as an electrical engineer. And I really liked the whole property investment and said so I, I had a property manager at the time. So I really liked the whole real estate game. Mm. You know, being that you know, I was making money, more money in real estate than I was in my full-time job. And I'm going, okay, so this is really something that I should look into. And then the five-year mark was when I went, nah, I'm I'm over engineering. I'm, I just don't want this. So by the time I'd moved three companies, and it was the same thing in every company. So yeah. Like, no, I don't want engineering. And then I was seeing that I was making money in real estate, and I said, "Yep, let's do this full time." And that's how I got into it.
1: Okay, so when you say you're making more money, can I ask? Were you like flipping houses? Were you like buying yeah, and then selling?
3: I was flipping houses. I bought a couple of buy and holds, and I was seeing the values were going up. Yeah. And that rents were going up, and so I was thinking. What am I doing sitting here
1: in, a, in front of the Yeah, and was that in the Auckland market? It was Auckland, yeah. Okay, so Auckland markets, you know, uh, for anyone in Australia listing it's similar to the, the Sydney market. There's a, there's a, a, a potential fast capital growth.
3: Mm-hmm. You it's know,
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's that capital growth where the, the value of the house can go up quite significantly in one or two years. You know, um, I mean, in the marketplace we're in at the moment, you can buy a house and sell it in a week and make profit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's quite crazy. Um, it but,
2: at the moment that inside six months you're talking about two three hundred thousand
1: mm.
2: capital increase That's just five, in yeah. three months.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and okay, yep. so two or three hundred thousand to give it a bit of scope. Is that if you spend a million, you'd get that much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. okay, yeah, which is quite similar. Look, um, I was on the Gold Coast. Um, of uh, not long ago, and um, a friend of mine purchased a house for 1.6 million dollars. Big house on the water, uh, like a man-made lake part. It's in uh, and um, five bedrooms, two story, absolutely stunning home. Mm. The house I went to an auction only a few days ago. Small three bedroom. The garage had been turned into another bedroom slash office. Small block. Same views, everything. It sold for eighty thousand dollars less, right? Uh, but it, the house, you would need to spend four hundred thousand on it.
2: You're not even a patch on the other
1: there's, one. There, there's not like the yeah. So it was close to the value. So the the market is just jumping yeah. over. That's a, that's a roughly a six to eight week period difference okay. there. Yeah, crazy. It should the house should have sold for one point three. If you're looking at the comparable of the two houses, it's just crazy. Okay. So yeah, so Interesting. yeah, it is. It's just that that's just the marketplace at the moment. It's a rarity, and it's uh, yeah. we're all waiting for things to stop. But um, who knows when it's going to stop? You know. Mm. So what's your buzz, Mel? You know, you've been in real estate since sixteen, so about ten years. Um,
3: okay.
1: <laughs> now, what what keeps you going to work on a Monday? What what what's that? that really sparked you i mean i I was competitive i used to love beating the rival agents yeah helping people and stuff as well but what what is it for you what what keeps you going back to work in real estate definitely
2: changed over the years as as your career progresses you you go to work for different reasons when i was a bdm Mm -hmm. certainly it was that you know the buzz of gaining the new business um being a property manager i used to love that no day was the same as very rare to have a job where you walk in in the morning you actually don't know what's going to happen for the day mm-hmm. um, and that's always something that intrigued me about the industry now it's very different um, granted it's been a little bit more than 10 years I'm a little bit older and wiser and a bit more relaxed for lack of a better term so for me now it's actually about the team it's about having a great business owner who I work with um, and we work really well together so we we bounce ideas off each other really well and we both mm. listen to and respect each other. And that's really difficult to find as a general manager with a business owner where you've got that real good flow between yourselves. Yep. Um, and then our team is honestly amazing. A lot of the team has been with me personally across a couple of companies for 10 years plus. So we've got those strong relationships that you know we can be ourselves, we can be honest, we can be raw um, and it's a really good family within our team. Um, so it's actually the people I work with are what give me the buzz now. Yeah. Um, and great. for us also from our company's about three years old now. So from where it was when it first started to where it is now, there's great satisfaction in what we've actually achieved in that time and where we're going. So the foresight to the future as to what we've got planned um, is definitely a good buzz in that. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And you guys have got some big things coming. It's It's exciting watching what you guys have just yeah. done in, you know, what, the six months we've been working together in the Grow 100. Um, yeah,
2: it been like this, but yeah. we start to feel like we're
1: going like this now, so it's good. Yep, yep. I mean, there was some um, blockages that, you know, were thrown at you from day one. Like, from day one, I remember, like, you know, you had a BDM quit and, and so be it. But that, that's fine. You know, you guys have, it, it. like, you talk about you guys working together. Michael and I often talk about how you bounce off each other in our training. Mm-hmm. And we'll sit there and watch you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's great. It, it is good. So we do notice those things as well. What about yourself, Pat? What, what keeps you going? What's your buzz?
0: I
3: think it's the same thing, but I think for me, it's more about seeing our clients grow. And mm-hmm. we've had, in the last three years, we've had so many clients who've bought more properties, uh, have become financially free, and they've grown their wealth. And we see mm-hmm. that, and that creates a buzz for me. As we, that creates purpose for us. It's not yeah. just a us collecting rent and paying them is, is really a purpose to this, and I think that's where it creates a buzz. So I had a call yesterday, a client who of us has been with me from day one. He's bought another property, and he told me that, you know, obviously you're going to be managing it, and I'm only buying this because I have the confidence that you will be managing it and you'll protect our asset. And wow. that went. I went, wow. So yeah. It's awesome. stories like that that create the buzz for me. Mm. That, that. And, of course, and, of course, I agree with Mal. We've got a beautiful team. I think we've possibly yeah. got a best team in New Zealand by far. So.
2: Absolutely got the best team, guys, if you're yeah. watching this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, Coach Dennis is about to step in and say you need to do a video on exactly what you just said. Your clients need to hear that. What yeah. you just said, that is awesome. And and even get a, a a video testimonial from that landlord that you're talking about. That is beautiful. That right. is that that's that's selling business through experience right there mm-hmm. you know people are going to want to deal with you when they watch a video like that you know mm-hmm. so um that's that's great that 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 really puts you know the hair up on my arms to hear that that's really good so what about you know um and it, it it really speaks volumes about the synergy you both have got listening to that and uh, why is it getting so much success as well which is really good so to, to move on, tell us a little bit about
3: your um, your office and your marketplace um, yeah so we're a pm only office, so we do property management and property management only um, so we've got multiple systems we've got a pod based system where we've got property managers working in mini teams and we've also got independent pms within our office so we've got different pm systems um, We manage properties all over Auckland and Hamilton, um, and we were able to do that because, quite strategically, our team lives in different parts of Auckland, um, mm. so we are able to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's really us.
2: Yeah, I sure. think part of how we're able to do it too is we've because we've got such a good team who we really trust, we've really um, developed the whole work-from-home culture and yeah. cohesion with working from the office as well. Mm. So with the team being spread out it's nothing for them to work from home in the morning go off and do what they need in the afternoon and not pop into the office that day and that's okay and I think it's quite hard for a lot of business owners or managers to actually let go of sometimes but once you give your staff the trust um, if they're responding well to it it's so much better for business yeah and and look Let's be honest,
1: in Australia and New Zealand, there's a lot more females in the industry. It's, it's, it's uh, like just in the IGT inner circle, 76% of the people are female, right? Yeah, so it, it, And now we've got a lot of
3: American <laughs> influence in there. <laughs> like, what was that, sorry? It's the attention to detail that men lack.
1: Yeah, yeah it is the the the, the An ability to multitask oh. the multitasking look i can breathe eat drink smell and walk at the same time so that's five congratulations yeah. <laughs> but um Keep you your know <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about like um you know adapting working from home and stuff within your office and that that's that's great and the reason why i'm talking about that percentage of um, the females is predominantly it's the female that's at home looking after the kids. Mm. So you, you've set your business up. there's a, a, a opportunity for you know mums to be able to work and and still do the kids, work from home. Uh, a lot of people struggle working from home at first, where but realistically, you're not getting interrupted by your team. Yeah. Okay, the kids might walk in and out every now and then, but i tell you what, a team member saying, hey, let's go get a coffee or I've got some
2: questions to ask you, I'm struggling with this, that takes up more time. That's so, what we talk about quite often with ourselves and the team, about trying to find that balance because you need your team culture. You need everyone yeah. in the office to be vibing off each other.
1: Mm.
2: But you also need times when they just all go away and leave you in peace to get on with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My goal is to get one day from home week. I'm not at that at the moment. I'm pretty much office full time, but I'd like to be able to just step away one day a week. Shut
1: myself yeah. up. Um, Your office is also on a growth path at the moment too. So, yeah, exactly. you know, there's, there's those seasons and changes. So how many um, doors are you managing at the moment?
2: When we're heading towards about 450. Wow, that's awesome. 450 Which properties. Which is a rapid growth from where we were a few months ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's just brilliant. That's, that's, um, that's exciting to hear. So yeah. now if you're to look at focusing on one to two areas of growth and you wanted to grow that hundred properties in a 12 month period, what would those two key things be? You know what, you know, so we're talking about over a 12 month period and, and, and this is quite fitting because you are part of the grow 100 um, training at the moment and we're throwing multiple strategies at you. <laughs> I
2: highly recommend to anyone who's looking at furthering their business get stuck into some IGT training with these guys and have them as your mentors because it will change your business
1: uh, you I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that that um little plug there and thank you for that but um so those out of all of those multiples that we've sent you and we're only halfway through the course you well, I only want you to choose two yeah so what would be the two key
3: areas that you would focus on
2: yeah
3: sure um I think for us as a business, um, what we did was we looked at our existing portfolio and we kind of data mined our current owners and we realized that we've got first about 200 properties that our current owners own that we don't manage.
2: It gave us a big fright, a <laughs> big, big fright.
3: Yeah. Well, for, for we don't know what the reasons are, but the reasons could be that they just bought off a company and they are managing it or or our clients might think that we don't actually manage Hamilton when we we do. So, But, yeah, 200 properties there that we know, and we know the owner, we know the client. And so I think that was one of the big strategies that we're working on at the moment, trying to develop the relationship or seeing where we can get things going there.
1: Yeah, I I recall that meeting when you told us, and I was licking my lips. (laughs) It was like nudging michael did you hear that like 200 that's
3: nuts
1: you
2: know we we did that by yeah data mining those owners we literally put them into what our property database software is in new zealand where you can see the ownership records for every single property whack their names in there and then we just started typing so Mm. as those properties were coming up we're like right you own another four you own another two this is where they are Mm. um and yeah i i was personally doing that data work and oh my god i just about died when i saw that I felt a sense of failure to be honest that we didn't know that and that that was sitting there um having if I did it all over again it would have been the first thing I ever did yeah we had a portfolio 100 the first thing I would ever do
1: yeah yeah okay and the thing is those 200 so well however many owners that is your current clients and a lot of people they they forget about this they're already raving fans Mm-hmm. They may not be 100% because Pat did bring up one of my pet hates of, you know, they may have purchased it off the agent down the road so they gave them the management, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. so uh, And I, I, I we haven't done the strategy with you guys yet, the investor support service one, but that's where we want to be dealing with those sales yeah. agents and investors prior to it so we can then help influence the purchasers on um, getting those properties even if they – you know, buy through another company. It, it's it, it's an education process. There's another educational video for you. You don't have to give the management of the company you buy off, right? <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Actually, we should put one of those videos out. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, it's look, your current clients here are raving fans. So it, it's a you know keeping those phone calls up to date, and you guys have been doing all that identifying the two hundred, which is great, and you have been converting them which is awesome as well.
2: So from once we identified those, we started building strategies around how we're going to get these managements because it's not just a straightforward ask all the time. Mm. But we identified a few owners who literally could just go and ask. We've got great relationships with them. They're our buddies as such. Um, It was like, hey, why isn't this property with us? What's going on? Oh, my mate lives in it. I manage it myself, but go on. I'll give it to you then. You know, those kinds of people. Um, Then there were ones where... Our relationship wasn't strong, and it was a case of working on and developing that relationship before going in for the kill. So, mm.
1: um,
2: I think naturally in any business, especially as you get larger, you've got owners who you're really dealing with all the time, who you've got that power relationship with, and you know them. And I don't know if another business does this better than us and actually has that relationship with every single owner. I feel there's always a portion where they're just kind of floating under the radar. Everything's going well. You're not talking to them as much. You just don't have that strong relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's those ones that we really wanted to focus on first, on strengthening that relationship, doing more phone calls, sending them gifts, congratulating them where they be. All the stuff that you guys rave on about to us about doing with current owners um, and getting ourselves in a position that we can go in and get that business. What's interesting, though, from doing all of that is we actually got a lot of referral business out of it. So not just from those current owners, but a lot of them are now starting to refer us more so than ever because we're building those stronger relationships. We're front of mind a lot more. So, yeah, it's been a great road from start to ongoing for us at the moment, um, actually doing that exercise.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. It's not necessarily people think, oh, you know, I made 10 phone calls to 10 current clients, but I got nothing. It's about 10 extra relationships that you're strengthening. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, you may educate them in a phone call, compliment them on something or whatever it is. That's an emotional memory that they've now got mm. with you, you know, on something. Wow, they they remembered it was my daughter's birthday. Oh wow, that's that's really cool. They remembered I worked in accounting. And yes, there is changes. Whatever that phone call is, they remember. So and you you're becoming top of mind through emotion, not through memory. Yeah. You know, so it's brilliant. It's, um, you get far more um, experience and you will get far more referrals through that way, which is great. So yeah. you guys are doing a great job of that as well. So what's your next strategy? So that's your current clients. What else would you focus on?
3: Um, yeah. actually, actually, even with the current clients, we've seen that a lot of current clients know a lot of people and so like mel said the referrals is probably the next strategy that we work yeah mm. um, so it's referrals through current clients and i think like we, we are sort of building current clients but we're splitting that into multiple strategies mm. so there's current yeah. clients and so i spoke to the and to the other day they said oh oh yeah i, f- I completely didn't realize that uh, you manage that area and so he gave it to us so mm. some was as straightforward as that and yep. some hey, I've got a mortgage broker who I'd like you to meet. And so I met him the other day. And so hopefully that, that relationship will convert into a business. Yeah. So okay. clients are referring us their team, which is either a mortgage broker or an accountant mm. or, or whoever it might be. And so referral, I think, is an important strategy as well. And referral through current clients is a stronger one because there's already an established relationship there.
2: Mm. Something our BDM is actually doing really well. Um, She's got a current client who's got seven properties with us. She's now met the boyfriend who has another 10, 15 properties, I believe. And she's just met the father yesterday who has another seven or eight. These people forget how many properties they own and what they actually own. They own so many properties. It's insane.
1: So from one listing to a potential
3: 25. It was actually a property that we managed and was being sold. and So we had a relationship with the agent who gave us the buyer's details. Okay. Our BDM approached the buyer she fell in love with our BDM. She said, yep, I will give you this. Oh, I've actually got four more. I'll give you that.
2: Oh, so, wait, I want
3: more. Oh, wait, sorry. Like, so, it wasn't four more, it was five more. So she gave us another one. And so she gave us six in total. And then her name's, yeah, so then she met her boyfriend who had a couple more. And then yeah. her father who's got about five, seven or eight more. He doesn't
2: actually know how many, you know, it's yeah, he exactly know
3: stupid.
2: It's ridiculous.
3: So but one yeah. thing led to another, that's about 15 probably right
2: Yeah, you know she's whining and dining this woman. She's out having lunches and coffees and popping around to the home and.
1: I'd be saying, "Here's my credit card. Take him out for dinner."
2: (laughs) He's got a company credit card. Our BDMs always have their own credit card to go crazy with, spoiling their clients on whatever they need to. Yeah, Um, if it's going to mean more business and a stronger relationship, um, it's an important part of how we, or how she services her relationships, is face to face. And you know, it depends on the person, but she often goes picks them up a little gift, you know, a little ten dollar gift and takes it along with her and goes, Oh, here, I got you this. I thought you'd like it. So it's just personable stuff. Um, these
1: are all the little plus ones that are being added to the relationship building, right? So that's that's really good. And it's and a ten dollar gift is low value. It's sorry, it's low cost, high value.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, it's that thought, it's that's really good. So uh yeah, well done. Wow, that's just um you know, that's current clients, referral partners as well, all in one, um, is speaks volumes about why you guys are getting some really good growth as well. So um, that's excellent. Yeah. So how many properties, like, so, so not how many properties, how many agencies would you typically be up against, like in your area, you know, so um, your competitors? So
3: there's hundreds of agencies in, in Auckland, right? This is the largest city in New Zealand. But generally, what happens is we're up against one or two. Okay. So clients generally don't get more than three proposals we've seen from experience. And usually it's just a one, but in some cases we've seen it's mm-hmm. two. Yeah, so. okay.
2: Yeah, I'd say most of the time we're actually only up against one other agency. Yeah. Normally it's a choice of two, um, which is great. I mean, it's better that than being up against three or four, as I know it does happen in some locations. So um, yeah. for us, that's been. Think
1: quite good. Yeah, brilliant. So your BDMs, when they're coming up against, you know, a couple of the other agencies, if the owner, um, you know, they're they're, they're fighting for the, the the management. Obviously, what are your key points of differences that you've trained the team for them to push to ensure that you do stand out of, uh, you know, against your, those rivals?
3: Um, so I think. Our staff experience is probably one of the key points of differences. Like Mel mentioned earlier, most of our property managers have about at least 15 years of experience. Yeah. They've been with us from day one. So That's was, a rare thing
2: now in this industry. Yeah, it is. So many property rare. managers have got burnt out and left. that There aren't actually a huge pool of experienced property managers left around now.
3: Yeah. Unfortunately, it's sad. And even the ones that, that are around, they keep moving around quite a bit. Staff oh. turnover and some of the other agencies we've seen has been you know, a real worry. So our staff turnover is extremely low. All our property managers have been here from day one. They're very happy. So mm. I think those two are probably the biggest points of differences. Um, being a PM only firm also helps to some extent. Not mm. a tail and Charlie of a sales um, agency. And mm. I think that people see value in that, in that we focus on property management only. Um, but yeah, I think the three—that's probably a big
1: difference. Let i am <laughs> going to add a very big one for you. Okay. I think going to
2: our add a- speak for themselves. So our arrears and our vacancy are sitting um, yeah, gotcha. at really, really good rates um, as far as yeah. the area and in the industry standard goes.
1: Um, yeah. So you guys have got good uh, proof statements. With the best,
3: uh, I didn't
1: want to repeat <laughs> <laughs> Well, there, there's still a really big one. That's the elephant in the room is you've got the business owner sitting here, part of the property management division. That is a huge point of difference as well. You know, yes, we train on the proof statements and you guys have got all of that. Um, longevity of staff is massive. That is massive. You know, that is huge. PM only is huge as well. So you've got some really key points to drive home some really strong videos there that you'll be able to do as well. Now,
2: the
1: coaching just comes out. Yes, I do apologise. Um, but, you know, so you, you do have some really strong, um, you know, points of differences there, which is great, you know. Uh, and a lot of, you know, businesses... They don't have a director in charge or business owner that's overseeing and part of the property management division and not only part of it, actually working in it, being a BDM in it as well, you know, so that's that's really good. Yeah,
2: a lot of them don't have a general manager either. There's a, unfortunately a number of companies out there where the staff aren't supported with guidance and direction and knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I've often said to our BDM, you know, make sure you're telling people you've got what you've got and behind you as far as the whole team goes. Um, so yeah, point of difference
1: that's right and you two are the ones that are part of the growth like you can have all your staff in our meetings if you want to but it's you two that are driving it Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and you're not going anywhere if the bdm ups and quits we don't stop the training we keep going and that's what's happened you know for you so um and that is a a a big success behind it as well so well done for that so okay you're in the home you've had two or three other um you know bdms or property managers at the property and and the the client says, look, we love you, we think you guys are great, we understand that you might do a few things differently, but um, will you match the fee of the agent down the road?
2: It's so damn common, this question, and it irks me to no end. It really does. Um, Case-by-case scenario, because depending on the personality type, you respond in different ways. Um, If they are a business person, I'm a lot more direct with them about even the cost of employing good property managers. We can even get into those conversations. But generally I say to them first, look, if fees aren't, you know, if we're not looking at fees, are you happy with the service we're providing and will you go with us if fees weren't an issue? So by doing that, we're overcoming any objections. Um, If there's something that is irking them or they're not quite sure on, let's clear that first and make sure we are the best best people for their property and that they agree with us on that. Then from there, it really comes down to, quite often I ask to see the other PMA, um, the other management authority, I ask if they've met with them. Um, and it, it kind of flows on from there. We've got a PMA that is designed in such a way that, we've got lots of add-on fees. We've got lots of fees that are quite high, which gives us some wiggle room. So we want them to leave feeling like they're winning. I know you're probably not asking this question, so I expect someone to say, yes, we negotiate. But we do but it's not hurting us to negotiate we're actually giving them what is standard fees so because we came up against it so much we redesigned our whole management authority all our fee structures and everything so that we could achieve far higher fees than we ever have before but still have the client walking away feeling like they got something
1: yeah
2: which um culturally in our area seems to be something that appeals and happens to these people or to
1: our BDM as well. Yeah, okay, well done. That's good. You guys are basically showing edited them.
2: Out <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, nothing needs to be edited out of that or um, people can read the whole lot. That, that's you, You're actually showing them the extra value that you've got, you know, mm-hmm. as a business. And, um, and sometimes it's that culture of people, like you said, they just ask for a discount because that's what they do. Um, <clears throat> now, how often is somebody asking you for a discount?
2: Quite often, I'd say. For the BDM, pretty much every single time.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: For myself, not as often. Um, And look, there are cultural differences Mm. between our team. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's relevant in other marketplaces or not, but Auckland is very culturally diverse. Um, And there's different habits in purchasing or purchasing a service amongst those different cultures. So, yeah, we have sort of different strategies based on who the client is that we're meeting with.
1: That's right. And you've got BDMs that are targeting certain clients as well. So you can adapt to that. So that's yeah. that's what's really good as well. Okay. So my next question. We have so many people that are looking to get into the industry, watching our podcasts, listening in on our podcasts.
2: We're right, send our days. way. We're ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. you could look at this as a prospecting tool, right? But, you know, what words of wisdom have you got for anyone that's thinking about joining the industry?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, what worked for me was just getting stuck into every faucet of the industry possible, Um, especially if you're young when you're starting. You know, do the admin stuff, do the back-end stuff, and just observe what's going on in the office. Listen to the phone conversations. Listen to the moaning that goes on after that phone conversation. (laughs) Um, And just be a sponge and absorb it all in. If you can get your hands into every part of the business, do some accounts work, do some admin work, do some support work, do and obviously go on to do BDM and property management work as well, you become an asset. You become a true asset to any company you work for. Um, So yeah, to me it's learn as much as possible and don't be fussy, you know? Don't let your head get in the way, just get stuck in and take it all on board.
1: Yeah, some people can um, let their emotions get in the way of decisions and things, can't yeah. they? But th- th- that's good advice because <clears throat> you throw yourself into everything, You'll all of a sudden you'll see what you're drawn to the most and, mm-hmm. and then what Personal, you want yeah. to specialise in, right? So that's really good advice, yeah.
3: yeah I just hired an admin person who's new to the industry and this is exactly what we've done with him as well. So he's done, we've done a little bit of admin work with him, support Um and then now he's done some viewings for us. So he's does a lot of, of a, accounts work as well. He's done a lot of accounts work. He's doing viewings for us. He's processed some applications. So we are actually putting him in a little bit of everything. Mm. And he can decide where he wants to land up. And if he wants to be an assistant property manager or a agent or, or get into accounts or admin. Mm. Yeah, so I think, I think that's really probably the best way for a newcomer to do is, is absorb, learn, um, experience a little bit of everything and see what
2: like and understand the business as a whole because there's a lot that goes into a property management business so once you can holistically see how it all turns
1: uh, yeah I I can resonate with that I mean I started as leasing I had no idea about real estate I thought the sales team managed the properties right that was you know I was a pure outsider who sold fruit and vegetables and fell into real estate Yeah. And I was two weeks in the industry and I did leasing, I did the arrears and I did maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. And I also did, um, if a new client was signed up, I was the one entering him into the system and I'd yeah. enter the new tenant details in. <clears throat> and my offsider and Nicole did in-goings, out-going's routines and I thought that's great. And I looked at my um, boss, and her name was Carol, and I said, Carol, what's left in property management? What do you do? That's how oblivious I was. I know there's so much to do, but I thought, you know, and, and so that's really good advice to get around, do everything, look at all of the extra works that had to be done. That's actually it was that conversation where I found out she went to people's houses and she was competing against rivals, and that's when I went, okay, that's what I want to do. You know, that's what that's, that's how I learned what a BDM was. Not that we call it a BDM back in 2008, but um, you know, what did you
2: call it?
1: Well, the, she was just the head of department, and right. that was the, that was her job to go to people's houses. It was just she was the property manager that went. That wasn't classed as a BDM back then, you know. No one knew what a BDM was in two thousand and eight. Do we have a, you ever
2: thank for the fact that we do now? Uh, well, okay,
1: it, it, it's a it's a good question. So within the industry, it's fine to call it a BDM. But um, how many clients ring up and say, "Can I speak to the BDM?" Yeah. Excellent. So, why have BDM on a website? Why have it on a business card? It should be new client consultant or, you know, um, yeah. So, the, very true. Yeah. Yes, I like the name. I think it's a cool name, but you've got to dumb things down for the outsiders. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, last question Inspired Growth Training, we have a conference every year when we can. Mm-hmm. We have. Yeah, it's in October. So you guys um, will be able to make it. We have the top BDMs. We have people that are serious and hungry for growth. We have property managers, leasing agents. They are hungry. They're coming together. They're in a room and they're hyped up. They're ready to go. And I fall sick. And I tap you guys both on the shoulder and say, "I can't close the conference. You have got two minutes. What's your Can advice?"
2: You not do that, please? I'm not a public speaker.
1: Don't ever do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I, I'm We're sorry right there. <laughs> oh, my God, what advice have you got in closing out the conference?
3: I called Aaron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, Darren, 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 he's good, but he's not a closer of a conference, okay?
2: <laughs> Look, closing a conference, oh, see, I feel nervous now just thinking about it, okay, <laughs> I, I would say something really simple, and it's going to be really lackluster, but focus on business development, because what you focus on you achieve. So have daily conversations with your BDM with your team about what's happening, about growth, where we want to get to. You know we have two strategy meetings a week with our business development team about what current clients getting signed up this week, who are we working on, who do we need to give more attention to? And it's a constant laser focus on it. Because of that laser focus, we're achieving it. Well done. So, full well from previous history in the industry. If you're not focused on it, you don't do it. Yeah, simple as that. And that's why we are IGT members and learning from you guys because it's our focus. So yeah, yeah. closing speech should be very simple.
3: I think it's also creating a full growth culture within the entire team and not mm. just not just for the BDM. Obviously, at yeah, the BDM will be getting the business, but I think it's making sure that everyone knows that we are focused on growth. Mm-hmm. The property managers even, they might be managing a few properties, but they should still be focused on growth and getting another property from their current owner or whatever it is. So I think creating that growth culture is important. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you will achieve wonders.
2: And having the team excited for growth. Yeah. You know, sometimes property managers are like, oh, no, don't want more properties, go away, you know. But when our team are on board, they understand what comes with growth Mm-hmm. what comes with the company for growth um, and what we're going to look like, you know, one, two, three, four, five years from now and what we're working towards. Um, I think, you know, actually being able to share that with the team and having everyone inclusive in those conversations is really important because they feel valued.
3: Yeah. They're
2: the future of the business. They feel valued. So That's yeah. awesome. Well done. Um, great advice in closing out
1: the conference. I appreciate that. I'll send off that <laughs> yeah. email to you. <laughs> you're, you know, you'll be doing the close. Um, thank you again for coming on board with the grow 100 expert challenge you both are you know a shining light to the course that we're doing it's awesome having you on board and you know thanks again for being on board with us here for our latest podcast
2: and book thank you look likewise thank you for your guidance and support it really has got us on track and on the path that we need to go and that's totally thanks to you guys kind of leading us from the front yeah. yeah We're just going, yep, yep, yep. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been good. We've been Beautiful. laughing. that.
1: Beautiful. Thank you very much. And take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye.